1: No. Please delete that immediately. Let's start again. (laughs) Yo, hold on. Rewind. Leave on the tape, but Patrick, start us off the way we do.
2: Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick.
1: I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Man, we're flexing this episode. I like that.
2: Yeah, we are flexing a little bit.
1: Well, let's let's jump into it. Uh, Sponsors? Uh, sure. Shout out to to live a lie. Shout out to close classic activity. This week we're focusing, focusing, <laughs> focusing well, well, well. on pronunciation, Death Deathwish Inc., and Run for Cover. Mm. All right, let's go to. Uh, I'm going to go to Run for Cover. Boom, boom. In um,
3: we we brought this. We spoke about them, this band, a couple weeks ago. But in the interim, I've listened to this record quite often. That new Citizen record is. Nope. Like I was talking to a Buddy about, I'm, I'm like, this. If if this is the the trajectory they go on, like this is like a, oh shit, you know, citizens headlining leads and Reading.
2: So Tom, I, I wow. wasn't wrong. It's got like a killers or or Franz Ferdinand era. Vibe. It's
3: got a lot of dance part, like danciness to it that I think is like such a smart idea. And like, because it's like. Every, like, you know, though all of that kind of ilk of band has done what they can do. And I think them making this kind of turn is, to me, it's so fucking, I mean, not that this, this might not have been like premeditated or whatever, but it's such a fucking change. And I think like, if people, you know, if there's fairness, if people hear this record, I think it'll be a really big record it's so catchy it's it's really really well done and it just it doesn't seem derivative of like you know it's not them trying to be like franz ferdinand or fucking the killers or you know any band with like kind of um you know electronic drums and stuff like that i just think it's it's such a good listen it'll it's uh, it's a record
1: of the summer wow yo big words i love to hear that so i love it um uh, once again we are big up in citizen life in your glass world go to runforcoverrecords.com Pick up that record. Maybe be, get the Barry's uh, Throne of Ivory cassette. Maybe get the Another Michael new music and Big Pop. Maybe get the Wicca Phase Springs Eternal Suffer on Collector's Edition. I don't know. Fill the basket. Get some shirts. Let them know Axegrind sent you, mm. Patrick. Take us on a ride to Deathwish Inc.
2: Sure. Let's go to Deathwish uh, uh, Kings and Queens of Beverly Mass. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a band and a record that are somewhat lost to time. And I'm glad that it is coming back into existence. Uh, However, I'm going to struggle mightily to say it. Firstly, the band's name is annoying. Secondly, the title of the record is annoying. It is, there were wires, right? Which if you say it fast is gibberish. And then the name of the record is Some... Sam? No.
1: Oh, come on. You're right the first time. time.
2: Some Hmm. Marble Rye.
1: Some Some. Nambulists. Some some some, Nambulists.
2: Some Nambulists. Which I think it just means motherfuckers that like to sleep. But it's... This band is a really interesting band. Because it was Basement Screamo. Yes. That was beefy and Boston. And I think that a lot of you that love, a lo- if you love a N not for the, I don't know the not for the bridge nine, of a N, if you love a N for that other element, whatever that was that seemed to come out on that last record or the record before the breakup, uh, if that's what appealed to you, then there's a lot in there were wires that you would enjoy. And if you are just a dyed-in-the-wool screamo kid, there is a lot in there were wires that you're going to enjoy. And to me, <laughs> the Boston heads could tell me better. I was going to Boston pretty often at that point, but I'm sure some asshole will try to correct me. Uh, they, they really offered like a, like a third pathway in yes and and probably honestly to their detriment in a lot of respects uh of not fitting into either scene they weren't uh, they probably played with the hope con but they weren't part of that scene and they also probably played with whatever the fuck was going there i'm sure they could have played with piebald but they weren't they weren't part of that scene
1: no i think there were wires were one of the bands who floated in between those worlds, for sure. Played the space All in
2: Worcester, sh- yeah,
1: and probably the year of our Lord, like those type of and, bands, and and also kind of weirdly in the Boston basement scene that was both punk and not punk, <sighs> and completely apart from the hardcore scene in the weirdest way. So, uh, third actually- third row third option is a great way to put it.
2: And I don't know if, I don't know if you guys have ever heard. uh, So this record, they, they, if I recall correctly, it's been a minute since I've heard it. What's the record called? Uh, uh, Some novelists. So they, I think they got more into pedals on this record, but the, their record before this, Mm. I think is a fantastic, as far as fucking like screamo that I can listen to. And like, and enjoy in earnest. I love it. I, th- I think it's like a, 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 really, really good, uh, record. And this record, I, uh, I, if I recall correctly, it, it was like their pivot to like mu- much, more, uh, uh, kind of, uh, uh experienced playing together. Uh, c- kind of cohesive. A lot of, like I said, they got into pedals. Everybody ah, knows was this, how,
3: was this a band yeah. from like that cable scene?
2: No, no, no. So after that. So, uh, if you could take that energy and then drill it down because it says they formed in the late nineties.
3: Yeah. I remember like 97, 98. I thought,
2: yeah, but I only, I know the self titled Yeah. But I don't think they really, they say they started in the late nineties, but the records came out in the early two thousands and like kind of like squarely early two thousands in a lot of respects. The, 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 uh, the self titled is really good. Some Nabulists. Yeah. how to I do? Really good. I'm actually very excited to, to uh, revisit this record. I think that uh, this is one of the ones that when I see a uh, re-release, I get kind of excited. I go, Oh, Oh, <laughs> you Oh, you don't say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what a weird choice. Uh, it, it, essentially there were wires became disappear unless I'm mistaken. Uh, and then these dudes kicked around Boston to the, to like the tune of like, I don't know, maybe um, uh, uh, Doom Riders. So, you know, what I mean, like that, like that sort of scene, uh, and are just all good players. And I, I think I'm excited to revisit this if it's as good as the as the self titled. Uh, I will be listening to it regularly.
1: So, yo, everyone, please deathwithink Please check out There Were Wires, Somnambulist, and pick up a few other things in there. There's some shirts get you the drop dead fucking assholes. Don't get it shirt in white. Do it. Get, get you. Did you not get the Colossus seven inch? Cause you can get it in the death wish distro. Oh, I've, I've been
2: listening to it.
1: Have you, Pam? Get you some. I have. Yeah. You dig it.
2: Yeah. I dig you're, it a lot, Tom. I think, I think it's quite good. <laughs> I Listen, I think that, and this is not just, I'm not a, a fishing comparison.
3: for, for uh, compliments kind of guy.
2: Uh, listen, I think anybody that enjoys Mind Force, and we know there's many people who enjoy Mind Force. Mm-hmm. I I think that they could also easily love the living shit out of the Colossus record. I uh, I think it, it, it's different enough that it distinguishes itself, but it also has yes. so much of that energy that you could just carry over. I think it's a very good record.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it. So fill the cart, deathwishing.com. Thank large. you to our sponsors. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you to, Thank you to Patreon. Dudes, what's going on? How you doing? Uh, I'm feeling great. Last week, Patrick, you were kind of slow. Are you? Are you speeding up?
2: Speeding up. I'm. I'm on the good foot. I um. uh, My back is still a mess, but I'm powering through. I might go get a cup when they put the cups on your back. Whatever the fuck that is.
3: That's a bold move. You 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 have to walk around with your shirt off though, so you can show that you got cupped. Because I think that's the thing. Like people want to just show that they got it.
2: Yeah, you got to you gotta get cupped and then go fight a professional MMA tournament.
3: Right. Like, you don't do it and then toss a shirt on. You walk all around <laughs> in, like, Venice and kind yeah, of yeah. Venice you, Beach and be like, look at me. I just got fucking cupped.
1: Yo, when we did the vacation thing, Tom, and you got Venice, it was Venice, Italy, but maybe you just need to go to Venice Beach. I've yeah. been at Venice Beach. It's fine. It's, it's a It's a – so what's wild is that Venice Beach, the boardwalk zone, is – is fine, like you said. Yeah, I, mean, I went some, to Muscle Beach just There's some, nice, just chill. To see it. There's some yeah. nice chill areas in Venice. You could you could have a relaxing time there. You could have a fun time. It's it's the only problem with Venice is that you can't. You're not super near the action. You're not far from the. You can get down to the South Bay pretty quick, but otherwise, eh, I guess you can get to Santa Monica pretty quick too. I don't know. I got a, I got positive feelings about Venice, uh, California, Venice Beach, California. So. Uh, a good vacation spot. I mean, we're positive Everybody about California. Down. Period. I know, I know. Uh, Patrick, do you miss anything about uh, the Great Northeast?
2: Not a single thing. I'm, I'm coming back uh, in in May. Anybody that's got problems, just to show up at my folks' house. I'll make time. Did, for you. did you see? Uh, I, I
1: sent I, you a oh, link. If you're willing to fly into Newark, you can get some really cheap flights in May.
2: Yeah, I'm. I. It's funny. My parents were like. Because I'm, I guess I'm in most respects I'm doing them a favor. So because whatever it's a whole thing. Yeah. I, I'm I'm so chilling. Going with first class. My parents. No, they they said, "Hey, we'll pay for the ticket," and I said, Oof. "I said, well, I'm wealthy, so I don't need you, but <laughs> oh I, my god, I, I don't." I, I said, but I don't love to. I don't love to spend my own money. I don't so. love to
3: part with my money.
2: Yeah, right. I, I said, however if you are if you can find a really good deal then by all means but otherwise i'll take a train and they were finding the worst fucking deals i've ever heard and sure. like one of them no exaggeration 44 hour layover in the united states
1: have yeah. they, they not
3: used kayak crazy. Yeah,
1: that's
2: crazy i never heard of no shit like that
1: i'm going to start can your dad text I think he can hit me with his number. I'm gonna start texting him. Just be friends. Uh, Like there's some podcasts I've heard that I think he'd like. I think he'd really like this ABA podcast I just found. Oh yeah, good interviews with Doctor J. Some good shit. So, um, and we'll we'll hit him with some good links so you can get the the direct flight to Albany International.
3: You go to kayak.com and they'll they do all kinds of problems. Yeah.
1: Um, yo guys, how do
3: you feel about talking about
1: layover? Forty four hours in
3: the
2: United States.
1: Are you going to like you, Bali? Like what is?
2: No, it was, it was actually very. It was it was funny. My my uh, my father who uh, spent a significant stretch of his life incarcerated. When when he saw that, he go. He said, "I'd kill myself." And I said, <laughs> I, said "I said, Dad, you you've spent like a full twenty four in, in this in, economy <sighs> in a hospital lockup." You know, what I mean, because for anybody that doesn't know, like when they transport you to the hospital, hospitals have their own lockup and it sounds worse than anything i could imagine not because it's dangerous or shitty but because it's mind numbingly nothing there you know what i'm saying like it's like a imagine like a small town sheriff lockup of the type that you see in westerns you know what i mean like where was the layover seems, pat you just i don't remember it was ter- they they were reading them off to me i so like all oh, buddy, this Jesus
3: Christ. Christ. did they call mother, like, like someone like did they just pick up a phone and be like one delta they're travel trying. agent yeah
2: no listen I, I didn't make it easy because I said uh, Burbank is my preferred airport. And oh, my God. I went, uh, you <laughs> you know, I, I, I went with I didn't make it easy because I like a train. I'm excited to, you know, I'll just spend three hundred dollars. Get the fucking train.
3: You know, what you should do Pat. Tell me. If you want to just go, you want to do the train.
2: Let them pay half. You pay half. Get a fucking roomette. Tom, it's nine hundred dollars.
1: All right. We're going to rewind the tape to the part where Patrick was talking about being wealthy. Um, right, right. Listen, listen, dude. My,
2: wealth, my wealthiest <laughs> friend takes a ride share that yes, he finds on know. Craigslist from <laughs> Los Angeles to San Diego because he'd rather spend twenty than spend sixty. That's, That's who I'm he's trying the to be. Wealthiest
1: friend. That's
3: probably you know what why. I
2: mean.
1: That's why he's wealthy. You know
3: I mean, but I mean, if you're going to pay three hundred. And you know, if you paid 450, they paid 450 and you live like you get all your vegan meals for free.
2: Yeah, but Tom, let me you tell you the shower scam of that Tom, let me tell you the scam man.
3: please, please let is, sit on the scam that only you know.
2: the scam NYHQ is
3: Please feel free Here's a YouTube link.
2: There, there is no room from uh, uh, Los Angeles to Chicago, just from Chicago. To, or no one of the others so yeah. the, the, the main stop is in chicago right yes
3: so, yeah, you station.
2: so the yeah it's the least pleasant i typically have like a five-hour layover in chicago and i go is it worth taking all my shit to lug it to the whole foods and then i look around and i go yeah get me the fuck out of here but the point is uh one of one leg of the two legs of that trip you cannot get a room so you're you paying sure? nine hundred dollars to go one half of the country. It sucks. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm sir. I'm Mr. Train. I got more train miles than anybody. I'm Joe Biden.
3: Uh, all right. Remember when um, we interviewed Walter and you signed in as Vice President Joe Biden, or you? Oh no, you that. were Pence.
2: Yeah, so everybody that, that, everybody that doesn't know it's very disorienting but I go on Zoom calls and I, and shit like that and on one occasion I made my name on there Vice President Mike Pence and obviously months ago and I've kept it so now I like there's been two times the rare occasions that I have to do a professional Zoom and I came in as Vice President Mike Pence. <laughs> and I said oh whoops I said everybody I'm not really a fan I, it was a joke Right, hey
3: Walter, good to meet you. <laughs> Don't mind my friend.
1: <laughs> Guys, would you like to talk hardcore?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk more yeah, about do, fucking
1: right? trains. Yeah, oh, I do. Yeah. I do want to talk more about trains, dude. I'm I watch those YouTube's. About it.
3: Yeah, They're, ah, man, it wasn't the, it wasn't it wasn't bad. If I could get a a better shower, I could totally do that again. The shower was a little rough. Water power, I'm, water pressure wasn't great, and also it's disconcerting taking a shower on a moving vehicle. That's a fact, and you're moving. Oh yeah, like you're going, you know, probably eighty miles an hour, and I'm fucking bouncing around trying to, you know, wash my feet.
2: I love, I love a train, and Amtrak makes me depressed. I, I, I let's change the subject before I, Patrick gets down.
3: Well, Amtrak we like is expanding, according to J. B, J. Biden.
2: Yeah, he's he's a fake fan. I want to see it for real, Joe. <laughs>
1: Uh, show and prove, Joe. Let's see these trains. Um, Guys, did you know that Marauder Minus Years Comp is on Bandcamp now? No. No, but I bought the vinyl and I'm very excited. This is all the Minus demos, including Tom, please wise me to this. Some stuff that was kind of, sort of, not either not easy to get or almost unknown. Is that correct? Yeah, you know what?
3: Like I was not aware. there, There was a demo right like you know, the year before Master Killer, oh okay, with Mindness on it, singing a Master Killer song or two mm-hmm.
1: that I did not know existed. And you're not the only person who said that to me, including some like rather big Marauder fans, being like, "Wait, what? What is this?"
3: Like- yeah, it's pretty funny. Richie O'Brien from Dark Side, from Brooklyn, uh-huh. yeah, shout out, great band. They, um, he was like the guy. He's like a collector he's got like everything like yeah his you know um he he was able to help them fill in the blanks and kind of be like oh you don't have this demo oh you don't have this one like i don't even know if the band hat you know what i mean that's Um, cool and he was able to kind of and it just sucks because um i don't know if you're going somewhere with this but my off my story is so i have the marauder demo like the famous one with the the face on and everything. Yep. A friend of ours that we we were like close with was this dude Frank Collins that was in like he played guitar for Marauder and Sub Zero and and Confusion and all this stuff. He had a scratch tape of the drummer Vinny singing Life is Pain. Like to like show mine is how to sing it. Mm. So I I have that on the B side of my oh, demo. Wow. That like I've never been able to get it onto like digital, but I was if I'd known this was happening, I would have been like figured out a way to be like here's this fucking weird thing that like probably 10 people have.
1: Yo, but, that's yeah. yeah, that's really cool actually. No, that was just the uh the first question we received uh doing a quick Instagram convo sesh tonight. Um I'm very excited about those. Yeah, they have that. I am too. Bio, I, I, yo, I'm not I'm not Jimmy Marauder. But I always find these things really interesting and in kind of a way like Marauder, much like we reference. There's bands you always check in on and go back to and go, "Am I into this?" Nah, still hasn't hit me right. Uh, I'm curious about this because it seems like some of these versions might might scratch my itch. Yeah,
3: it's not as it's not nearly as 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 metalcore.
1: Right, right, right. And it's, you know, it's like whatever, but I'm very curious to hear it. So um, cool. And cool job on the release. I think that's Upstate, right? Upstate Productions did that?
3: Yep. And then our buddy Jay was doing a um, static arrow is doing like a a special cassette. Um, And there's like different like Upstate like kind of went out of, you know, went really all out. And there's like. Generation has its own version, and Gore-Tex over Germany has their own. And this Cortex, yes. not Gore-Tex. Like, all there's yeah, like, you know, like part, 200. We
1: got it. Yeah, Cortex. Cortex. It'd be really cool if Gore-Tex had their own Marauder version of this Marauder thing. I mean, if anyone yeah. with Gore-Tex. a cool jacket, like what, what would the Gore-Tex jacket that came with the Marauder record look like? It would have to have throwing stars. Oh, throwing yeah. star pattern on the like uh, Anorak. So the like, half zip anorak jacket with the right and and
3: like a thing a slot in the back of the jacket that you could either put your sword or a a small umbrella in
1: oh good idea yeah depending on your your predilection sword or umbrella patrick what are you doing in la it doesn't rain that much but you do you want to have a sword on your person
2: yeah absolutely okay
1: you're coming soon on the citizen app um <laughs> we got another one. Botch botch the band. Will this ever, ever be in vogue? That's an interesting
2: question. The band?
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, hasn't I mean, it been for the were last were 10, for years? Fucking
2: 10 years longer than they should have been? What are we talking about? Like,
1: yo, uh, I'm gonna in, drop
2: man? some botch truthism what, here. What, right? whoa. You ready?
1: The, wow, this? you really are lively tonight. All right. What's with the yelling Listen.
2: Tom and I have talked about this a great deal botch didn't necessarily appeal to him and I as much as some of the other bands of the era respect to them better players than most of the bands of their era, no doubt sure uh uh did they have tracks <laughs> sorry I, I mean to, to people like
3: to people that like them I didn't say it like that <laughs> but to be uh, as obnoxious uh, as possible you go in full heel mode WrestleMania weekend
2: <laughs> <laughs> I look good band they don't have the the, whatever the fucking catchy thing is that I'm looking for they don't got it and that's no disrespect but here's the deal people were on their nuts for a solid 10 years after they broke up and if that has died off then maybe it's a maybe that's just the market correction
1: okay I'm with it Uh, yeah I mean I think they were
3: pretty popular and I think you know like the Norma jeans of the world don't exist with that botch.
2: That's a fact, yeah. Oh, so I yeah. think
3: they're still relatively in vogue. Okay. Not as um, big as they were. The window's closing, as we say.
2: Yeah, do your reunion now.
1: Reunion now, right, 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 right. Okay. Next one. Uh, the greatness of Die Kreuzen, particularly their first LP, and how their sound is extinct, except in a band like Voivod. Um, yeah. I don't know if either of you are particular fans of DiCroyson or their first LP. I, think, I
3: don't know them. Yeah,
1: yeah. The first LP specifically, Patrick. I'd be curious about your opinion if you gave it a chance. It's it's more. T- it's got more going on than Void. I'd say than the Void like split material. Um, but it still has that manic energy. It's kind of it's proto i mean Voivod's interesting it's great it's to me canonical midwest hardcore uh the seven inch is just great punk hardcore the cows and beer seven inch and then the first lp it's like oh shit now we're gonna just go crazy on you i think it's definition of maniac hardcore in the same way it's right there to me with the void split and uh and Urban Way 7-inch. That's my top three crazy person hardcore of the early 80s.
2: Yeah, a f- friend of the podcast, Sean Duty is the biggest fan. So I- I'm familiar through him. Uh, I- this suffers from the botch phenomenon. We're just going to bring it back. All right. I need the tracks, man.
1: Uh, any bands you love now that you wish you enjoyed more during their initial run? I like this question a lot.
2: Oh, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a ton. Yeah, I, if I thought about it, let me let me fucking think about it.
1: Yeah, uh, this is a great question. I think about it sometimes. I and Tom, you might be in this camp with me. There, there's occasionally bands I miss that I'm like, damn. I, I and it's not that I miss them, but I miss the like deep love for them. But most of the time, the bands I like, I I, I show the love while they're around. That said, there's some I was thinking I've been thinking about Suicide File a lot recently. So great. And I totally was into them, would go off, stage dive, the whole thing, and really had a great time. And you know, I wouldn't wouldn't need to redo it, but like, man, like maybe I skipped a couple shows of theirs just because it was like, oh, I saw them in New York and Jersey and didn't go to Philly or whatever. Right. And you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I, I should have gone for that one. That would have been cool um I'm trying to think about other bands like that uh just in general um his hero's gone not yeah. that not that I don't like them but that's a band who I'm like anytime I listen to them one I'm mad I didn't get to see them um because they I was in a hardcore I just wasn't super familiar with them at the time and though I knew the name and like had I really been doing my hustle I should have One, been able to see them. Two, been familiar with them. Anytime I listen to His Zero's Gone, I'm like, shit, this is so fucking good. Uh, And I'm just, I don't reach for it nearly as much as I reach for shit like tragedy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd
3: you know what? A band that I loved at the time, but like I wish I would have known what I was watching. Yeah. I would say Silent Majority. Oh, Oh, yeah. I toured with them constantly, so it was like, you know, like I'd watch them, but like not be like, a, I'd be like a casual, like I loved the record at the time. Like I thought it was fucking right. incredible. But then like 10 years later, I loved them even more That I was like, you dick, you you could have seen them 60 times for free. Right, right. And, and I you, did, but I was, like, sitting in bed because tours were fucking yeah. terrible and everything sucked. And, you know, I wasn't yeah. having fun. You know what I mean? But, like, in the meeting, right. I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like, I, you know how many people would have given their fucking, you know, firstborn to be like, oh, yeah, I got to see majority between June and September for two full summers.
1: Yeah, I mean, a large, a, a voting uh, majority of Long Island would would trade their left arm for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like th- they would be one. Yeah. Um, huh. Patrick, you got any? Yeah. What we think?
2: You know what's interesting? I just went to my uh, my uh, phone to see. Oh, what you know? Like check my iTunes, and uh, my iTunes has been wiped clean to be replaced with uh, what is on this new computer where I plugged it into charge.
1: Oh, Apple Music. So, huh?
2: so now I've got. If you'd like to know what I've got on my on my phone now, it consists of um
1: don't get fired
2: (laughs) it's no it's like they might be giants the the tangerine dream and uh uh then like hardcore that i've been like like i downloaded the no crisis record from like i don't (laughs) don't fucking know 1981 yeah yeah (laughs) like and then it's and then that's it that's it. That's all I've got now. So I'm going to say no crisis. I wish I was around for no crisis. Um, <laughs>
1: damn, there's one other that I just hadn't lost. Shit. Okay. I mean, it's a great question. Don't, don't take shit go. for granted. What's everyone learned from their break from hardcore, young and old people alike? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we talked on this a little last week, but what, what have you guys learned from the break from hardcore?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I just miss hardcore. Like it, it, it's, uh, I don't know. Well, I think it's kind of like, I'm grateful that it's not Pat's currently really. in vogue to hate on hardcore. Good job. I don't see it at least, you know? Um, I always like, there's been times that I've thought hardcore was whack as fuck. Like like the period that we're in like whatever period we were in where I was like, yo, there's not a fucking thing I like. Yeah. But I always dislike when people make it about hardcore being whack. You know?
1: Right. At large. Right.
2: Yeah, at large. And I'm I'm glad that we're not in one of those fucking tacky ass moments. Because then I don't got to deal with anybody up my ass when I say, you I know, I just really miss hardcore shows. <laughs> like, like when I said last week that Eric and I were getting major FOMO, Eric was thinking about flying back to New York of because of a fucking r- rumored Murphy's show, Law right. show, right? You know what right. I mean? Right. <laughs> like, so, so he and I are like, you know, we're in a state. Uh, <laughs> so that's a thing that you know maybe you forget. Like wh- when I'm going. Most of the shows I played last year couldn't be called hardcore shows at all, but I was at too many shows. You mean two years so, ago in
1: 2019? Two,
2: yeah, 2018. Part, wow, 2019. What the fuck? 2019? 2019. Yeah, 2019. So, like, it, it, uh, so, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't thirsting for the show experience when I was, dude, playing every other month for a month straight. But, uh, you know, now I would go to most things.
3: Yeah, yeah well, I uh, not take it for granted. Although I just had this, occur- this thought, that first show back, mm. I'm going to have to wear like, like I'm going to have to get like those kids headphones. <laughs> oh, I like those. Oh, yeah, because you haven't had loud music, yo. You know what whoa, I mean? Like I went to see my family whoa. once and that was like overwhelming. Like I felt like I was overstimulated with my sisters just screaming and laughing. Wow. Wow. going to a fucking show with like a fucking you know some with a fucking the real bass system? fucking yeah oh my god i'm going to legitimately need full on fucking headphones
1: wow um yeah I, 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 well said both of you i think those are good points uh, yeah the socialization
3: of it i think is you know what i mean the sh- the music is a big part of it but like when you you know when you put that much of yourself into something like that like it's kind of like, the you know, the only thing I really kind of enjoy.
1: Yeah, I, I think... Um, Normal people suck. I, I want to just say this. I've talked to a couple people who are uh, younger who who I don't know. You know, I actually had a conversation with a friend who was like, you know, sometimes it feels like you might talk to people who are younger at a show and go, Yo, are you, would you call yourself a hardcore kid? And they might be like, ah, you know, I really like hardcore, but like, it's not like the only music I like in the like has hardcore become just another genre? And I know from conversations, there's people who are like, who maybe would have been like, well, hardcore is a genre of stuff. I like who, when they took two steps back because they had, you know, a year off like, Oh no, no. Hardcore is hardcore is a thing. I am very into this is, this is what I'm about. So that's kind of cool. I think it's uh, been a good reminder. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, to do to, to, uh, unit 731 and Iron Age on repeat unit 731. I'm unfamiliar. That's not Pittsburgh. No, that is okay. It is Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, like beat Yeah, Beat yeah re- re- Remarkably heavy band. Uh,
1: shout remarkably out to weird. Iron Age getting into Austin Music Hall of Fame. Hell yeah. How fucking cool is that? Mm. Uh, I love that uh if spy keeps it up they'll definitely be one of the most important bands of the decade yo that's a big swing i I love spy that's a cool uh, comment all right feasible Uh, hey still early still early for Uh, for the band and for the decade (laughs) good point on both We we look forward to it what recent records quote scratch an old itch unquote colonial wound
2: yes yeah uh so colonial wound actually for for Get the caught. botch fans colonial wound could turn them on too for sure yeah um but, but for me it's it for me it's kicking yeah. up those like like i said i love the band engineer it's kicking up those that do oh, yeah. for me but for but for other people it could easily kick up um breather resist you know like it, anything in that pocket which is where i've been seeing the kind of fans who are probably 30 uh almost on the dot, like they would have been what, like 17 when that stuff was big mm-hmm. and they are fucking loving that colonial wound stuff. So I think that it's right in that pocket for people that love that. But then I don't think Tom was a fan of that, but Tom is a fan of dead guy. And th- there's some of that in there too. Right, I'll so, it's, it's, so like, you know, it, it's, I, I think they're scratching a lot of itches uh, I've been really I'll be honest like I, I'm excited when e- anything that we premiere uh, is well received I think that's great uh, but uh, it's been nice it's been nice to see people uh, that I didn't expect connect with the colonial wound song so that's cool. for sure
1: for sure uh, and shout out this person who asked that question also said that the new the no escape new LP uh, is scratching his dead guy kissing goodbye itch which um yeah, that, I mean, I guess makes, I could see that. that makes sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> um, yes, singer um, by name and by trade. Um, uh, the chisel stuff. Oh, really fucking yep. scratches in that. Like late mid to late 90s. There was like there was like the craze and the truants.
1: Yeah, yo, from New York?
3: Had, I really like the Crazo, dude. Some bangers. The Truants. You remember the Truants? It was I do. This dude do Sean remember. with the. He, they were great too. They had a split that I loved. As
1: you know, didn't they do? Did, the Truants didn't do the split with um Kill Your Idols? Did they? No. no. Did, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Anyway, I forget. Yeah. I have mean, Kill Your Idols did a million,
3: but the, it, it scratches that like sing along. Like if if I if this was a different life, I'd be at the pub, fucking. So Sure, swinging a fucking pint or whatever the fuck people do <laughs> these days. Um, um, and I, uh, the Porcupine record, yeah, scratches like that. Like hardcore needs weird, and hardcore needs weirdness. And all, a lot of the weird, a lot of hardcore that I've loved over the years have had has had that weird edge. Mm, yeah. And I think it's gotten a little bit too kind of like normal dudes playing normal tunes. And I love that Porcupine is not that.
1: Yo, can we let's shout out Hardcore for this? Like, w- w- this, this turned out to be a pretty glowing, positive episode. So eventually, Pat'll kick us in the pants. Yeah, I'll do what I, do what I can. <laughs> but, but like, shout out to Hardcore for having a cool secular way of whenever, whenever the world starts to feel like there's too much of the same, some weird curveball comes in. You know, somebody throws some shit in the wrench and and tries to to make it weird. And sometimes that's really good and sometimes it sucks and sometimes it's just weird but it usually creates something cool a cool ripple at some point um, I could foresee that for Porcupine I, I hope they get out and play out I think they have <laughs> I think they will yeah.
3: yeah and so Chicago's a fucking ripping town right now a lot of cool shit going on
1: shout out well what um, shows do happen but good bands at least thoughts on deranged records I'll let you guys start and then I can chat on it uh, you might want to start because I got nothing Okay. Patrick?
2: Um, you know, it, it, like really tied into that fucked up scene, you know, like, and uh, I was not a fan at that time, but always had kind of a respect for what they did. They kept it so low key while pressing a lot of records. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I've i always had a respect for the label. Um, um, did a lot of... of I, I'm trying to think of what I would think of as, as the hit for me personally. I'd have to look at the career
1: suicide so they did career yeah, that's, suicide that's and fucked record. up before that career suicide has hits on hits born, on hits. born dead icon um they did do a born dead icons record a leather face uh, discography i didn't realize yeah, that they did they did the ds13 record which like to tell a story the ds13 vod om kriget um felt oh, like Lord. it could have been the biggest record going period in that whole world of like fast hardcore thrash core whatever you want to call it um v on cricket sorry and um it was good but Derange made it feel huge and they it was everywhere um it was superseded by records they did later they did a violent minds LP we are nothing that's awesome um uh, maybe my favorite tear record the just can't stand at 12 inch um did a ton of really good records uh their lasting impact is the fucked up discography and those career suicide records they did. So, um, but but like to be also fair, I think when you go further down, they do records for Red Dawns, who were ex Observers. The Observers LP from the mid two thousands is like this just awesome, like la punk style record i think it might be they might be from portland or they might be from socal i can't remember but it's just awesome the observers lp is so good and then red dawns were good too um i know there's some brutal night fans out there they did a large swath of stuff a lot of good canadian stuff just a lot of good rock and hardcore and punk stuff so um don't certainly are lost in the shuffle now um for better and worse i don't know i i think um I was always shocked at how how little it crossed over into the like Bridge Nine kid hardcore world because it was, it seemed as accessible. You know what I mean? It seemed like it was right there for anyone to grab and just check out. So I think there were barriers that were unrelated to the label that kept those worlds apart. Mm hmm. Okay, not hardcore, but recent helmet talk got me wondering. Thoughts on the Jesus Lizard? I feel like that Uh, is a Pat Kinlan band through and
3: through.
2: They are and they aren't. I think they're a truly great band that I probably could distill their tracks down to an LP. You know what I mean? Like a single LP. And then it's up to you how you listen to them because... Unsane you could distill down to an EP. Yeah. Or you could listen to the entire discography and be content. And what I mean by that is it's it's like music that you put on and you when they hit the riff or the 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 yell or the Mm -hmm. whatever that really fucking grabs you, you're grabbed. But you are not necessarily listening with that kind of like you are. Every note is against your ear. Sort of listen.
3: So it's like yeah. an inactive yeah. listen, pretty much.
2: It's, you know what? You're not tapping your foot. It, no. I would say it. I would say it like that. But then a lot of people would disagree. But I think man, uh, Tom, if you want my truth, a lot of them
3: are lying. Yo, yeah, um, I've you, seen them a couple times. It's 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 a spectacle.
2: Oh, I I loved seeing them live i loved it and i i think they're a great band in every respect but i think unsane is a great great band yeah and i and i still when i put it on i put it on and i work
1: i uh jesus lizard is a band who i always have wanted to like more than i do like in my head i like (laughs) them more than i do but i got to the point many years ago i was like yeah it doesn't it doesn't hit me the way i want um there's two Rollins bands records that I really fuck with lifetime and, and the silence and the silence. Yeah. yep. Yeah. Um, and there's one other that I'm like halfway on, but I always thought there was a world where if you could take a little bit of that energy and a little bit of what Jesus lizard, I just wanted Jesus lizard to be more aggressive. Can I just put it like that? I just wanted them on record, to be more aggressive and have a little bit more nod towards tunefulness and kind of efficiency in their songwriting. That said, part of that inefficiency in their songwriting is what that made them the band they are. So uh, what, what can be said on that? You know, like cool band. I don't think I ever saw them live. Always heard good things.
2: I, um, I saw them. I saw them as old men live and I was, so fucking happy yeah so, <laughs> that's in the mid 90s yeah oh i would have been tom so what did you think what
1: did you think back then i mean you said it was a good show but were you like were you engaged for the whole set or was it like oh that's cool all right i'm going to go grab some water now
3: um they were opening for i think i saw them twice i think i actually saw them open for helmet they Oops. they either opened They opened two of these shows, and I don't remember which ones they were. It was either opening for Faith No More, Opening for Helmet, Opening for Rage Against the Machine. I was there for the headliners. I watched them respectfully. I think David Yao was such a wild card that I was like, I gotta keep my eye on this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Because he might pee on me if I'm not watching. Right, right, right. (laughs) Like it's you know, like it's like he'll he'll find the person who's not like totally invested and then. Then he becomes like a fucking, like, then then he pl- come, becomes, like, he does, like, crowd comedy. But, not, but like you know, like, how people would be like, so, where are you from? Like, he wouldn't do that, but he would do the physical version of that. <laughs> He'd, like, stage dive and, like, fall on me or something. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. did not want that. No, he seems, like, kind of like a, I feel like a lot of people steal his kind of vibe. They try. Mike Patton included. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mike Uh, Patton drinking pee on the stage, kind of thing, you know.
2: Yeah, but uh, I got I got to give it up to Mike Patton, who I uh, really hate a lot. Uh, How dare you? He's a fucking born performer.
1: Oh, he's incredible.
2: Born
1: doesn't miss Um, him. Okay. Uh, This question is, and uh, we might pivot it a little bit, but what band needs to break the ice and play a show so it gives other bands the go ahead to play? Um, let's flip it and just say, what is the first band you want to see play a show when, uh, when you feel comfortable? What's the first hardcore band you want to see play a show? Um, there's my own bias, mm-hmm. but I'd
3: probably like, I feel like the the beginning uh, of fucking Excalibur yeah. will be, if, if, if they're the first like show back, like will be. The most fucking joyous thing you'll ever see. Yeah, I think so. Like I think people are just gonna lose their mind in a in a fucking fun way and a, not in a like, I'm gonna pose and be as tough as I can be way. It's just gonna be like actual joy. And I that's I think Mind Force would be my choice.
2: I'm trying to think, oh, you know what? I know this I know that I'm like on their dick on this podcast. I just watched that drain set. Mm-hmm.
3: From like the when backyard, I'm,
2: yeah. When I'm just, dude. When I'm just like, you know, at home, I'll just put on my YouTube suggests it to me twice a week, so I'll just I'll just put it on, and it makes me happy. So I'd like to try it,
1: dude. That's gonna be fucking ridiculous too. We got a we got a running theme here. There's no shame and joy. Uh, turnstile. Turnstile. Oh, yep. Good pick. Just the room. Will can't, just... can't
2: really go wrong there. No,
1: all three of these. I'm very happy with this. Perfect choice. Maybe but... we'll make that all happen together. Let's make it happen all together. Uh, favorite hardcore songs over three minutes. Um, let me look. If uh, the Saddest Day. Over... Oh, there you go. If Loose nut is over three minutes, that's my pick. Um, that yeah, is like three minutes four that minutes hard. and 33 seconds. Wow. Uh, yeah, Loose nut is my pick. I'm trying to think. Three minutes... It's not, but then, you it know. Drags, it drags, though.
3: There's some like, like, great
1: sick of it all songs on
3: on Just Look Around.
2: Just Look Around, on, yeah. That are like three minutes something. and like
3: 11 seconds. I'm like, yo, boys, if you would have done 245. So a here, here's
1: a good way uh, Age of Quarrel track times 324. We got to know. But that's an intro what, in a song, yeah. Right, exactly. World Peace 213, Show You No Mercy 158, Malfunction 343. Street Justice one thirty three, Survival of the Streets one oh six, Seekers of the Truth four oh two, It's the Limit one forty three, Hard Times one forty, By myself two thirty five, Don't tread on me one twenty, Face the facts one forty one, Do unto others one fifty, Like what? Left yeah. my own is I don't even know I have the track. Hey, Sign was of the, the Times two oh one.
2: What was the cutoff?
1: Three, three minutes.
2: Oh, the order that shall be by by Earth Crisis.
1: <laughs> okay good,
2: good also text. the saddest the saddest day is like seven minutes long
3: you know conversion. when i think of long hardcore songs that i can look i, I can rock like. with that's the first one i go to because like long
2: fucking song. i don't feel know like if it. i
3: i couldn't do seven minutes of almost any other song um you know what i'm gonna go for? oh no it's just short wow that's surprising we stand alone is only 245 that would have been mine um mm-hmm. let me see what's the other one just look around the song
1: Oh, that bass sound, dude. Stairway guy. to Heaven is only 50 minutes longer 50 seconds longer than Saddest Day.
2: You know, a, so- a song that- that's crazy. A, so- a song that, uh, that's really crazy. A song that, is, that feels long, but not in a way that I'm angry at, is Downfall of Christ, which is 316. Mm. Uh, if I'm in the right mood, that is a long song that I enjoy. God, every Earth Crisis song is over three minutes. (laughs)
1: Yes, correct. That's that's (laughs) some of them are like five. (laughs) See, that's that's when we when we hit those weird like conversations, their structures are much more like a metal song, like they have parts designed for length, you know. Um, and that's not a there's no there's just like I think it's form and it's interesting because they deserve credit. They're not the first to do it, but they did it and they did it to. At least a quality that a lot of people loved that I think they reset the ride for a lot of like how do you write a hardcore song?
2: People oh, I think that's up. very likely. I'm hey. gonna go
1: master killer.
2: Yeah, okay. Three twenty. Almost any Marauder song.
3: <laughs> Life is pain, three twenty one. Either one you yep. can't go wrong.
2: Okay. Tom, Tom, without looking, how long is Hallowed Be Thy Name?
3: Um
2: Ooh. You can cut off ten seconds for the for the intro if you want.
3: I'm gonna probably say two forty.
2: Three forty-two, really? That's that's what Spotify says.
3: That's probably right. Oh, but the beginning, no, it's more than ten seconds. So, like, um, would you give it that's, 30? A that's a good point? That's a good yeah, point. That's a good point. It's still over three minutes. Forever. No, so but you probably, know what? I think
2: the one of the best it? samples ever. By the way,
3: it works. We never really play it. We never use that live. Uh, I'm trying to think if no, we play very slow. That song now live is probably two forty-five.
2: Yes, you're correct.
3: Because there, it's like, yeah. it sounds like we, yeah, we ate a fucking full pan pizza and then played the songs.
1: Okay, uh, <laughs> quick thing. Um, your poor name is your middle name and the first car you had, Patrick. Uh,
2: my my name is my middle name and a car.
1: The your middle name and the make of the first car you had. Fuck um, or the model, you know? Uh, Russell
2: White station wagon. Um, What's the
1: <laughs> it, station wagon? Is not the model. I
2: know, but car. I don't. I don't remember what it was. My grandfather died, and he gave it to me. I don't. Oh, I don't fucking remember what that time. shit was.
1: Uh, Matthew Regal. That's a pretty good one.
2: That's pretty good. That is pretty good.
1: Tom, you didn't have a car. Did you ever own a car? No. I'm gonna go Johnny Bus. Johnny Bu- Johnny Buzz Yo, Johnny good. Buzz is really
2: good. <laughs>
1: um, okay, this one got set in on the uh, private channels. Um, will you see the Cro-Mags again? Like, are they now ruined?
2: I'll see them right now. Fuck it. You guys, since you guys were fans your whole fucking lives, you have a feeling. I'm completely indifferent. Like, I would go and see them, yo. Well, because here's the
1: thing, though. Like, outside, of, dude, let's pull.
2: Still an impressive dude. I'll yeah. see either version. Well, that's the versions are that, more the yeah.
1: annoying thing. That's the like.
2: Oh
3: God, come on. I'll I go mean, see, see them together. That'll be the next time I go see them. True. Answer. Only reason being, a yeah. full transparency. Even before all this bullshit, I yeah. was over it. Yes, they play the same fucking set. Yeah. I know they have a finite yeah. amount of stuff. But it's like, even in the same order, it's great every time. But it's like, I had seen that. I probably saw the Chrome mags more than any other band in that 10-year period. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, that's great. But like, I could have, I stopped going to see them before. Because I was like, I don't need to see this again.
1: As great as it is. All right. Uh, new Worn and Be All, End All, Be Like, 100, 100, 100. Rock, Hands. Heart eyes, um, yeah, yeah. I love the new Warren record and the new Be All End All is very good. Yes, I think they did their last record. Yeah,
2: I have. I well, that was what I was going to ask. I haven't heard the Be All End All record. Is it? Is it a step up?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, and and you? I think to memory you kind of liked the first record. I did PK. yeah? I, I think did. you'll like this one too. It's really good.
2: All right.
1: Cold World will probably never do another record. Broken heart emoji. What do you think it would sound like though? Uh, I think that there would be kind of continuation of the last record where there's a mix of sampling and, and kind of non-hardcore stuff going on with hardcore songs that go into the flow. I think they'd go more, more leads, with- more rhythm, and more con- – not groove, but like they'd be playing with crunch and groove. If and was
3: the last sense. record had a lot less damn? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, but it, it's because that there would was probably go that route too. Because a mix,
3: yeah. The um who sang most of it? Alex, I guess.
1: No, Nick was on it. Alex was on it. I mean, it was just kind of. I wonder if it would go that route still. They or might if they were gonna say, do like
3: this is the last thing. We'll get it
1: all together. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they nope. might try to get him more on it. Who knows.
2: I, you know, those are creative dudes that, that will try a lot of different things. But in my personal view, and I think the view of the majority of their fans, they, they need as much Dan as possible.
1: I think, I think it would be awesome. I actually would be, that might be what 2022 needs is a new Cold World record. It'd be interesting. Um, in one sentence, what defines a hardcore band? Wow. In one sentence, what defines a hardcore band?
2: Uh, lacking, <sighs> lacking the talent to play metal.
1: Okay. Um this is the gears working in our head. Jesus, that's a tough James. You have sent a very good question. That is a very good question. A- aggressive music with a message. Sound and fury. Um that perfect world album, Fire Emoji.
3: Yes, it's coming out soon.
1: Uh um, LDB, right? LDB. Cool. Life and Death Brigade
3: yeah it's out on on streaming but it's uh the physicals coming soon it'll be out on vinyl
1: a lot of people maybe aren't seeing this some of the physicals delayed pressing plants give some of the smaller labels a break i mean it's that goddamn suez canal
2: (laughs) yeah speaking of that i just got a message today that one of my records is uh the physical is delayed because of that
0: so uh, yeah yeah
2: yeah everybody jammed up
1: everybody's jammed up um soul search what a band they were dope. Yo, Wish they would have done like more. Blind spot for me. I mean, I've revisited. It's pretty cool. Uh, I think we revisited for the Mosh Madness 2000s, 2010s tournament. Um, so the big thing is everybody talks about the Soul Search LP. The lost record. Right. Because the music was recorded, but singer Same never there. got around to, to doing vocals. Yeah. Happens. So, maybe, you know, like in the way that Infest had a record that was recorded, and then like seven years later, they threw some vocals on. Maybe you'll get that someday. Never said hey, Bob,
2: you know, you know somebody at Revelation. Yeah. Why don't we just buy it?
1: What's going kind to of vocal? We could try. Um, there's been talk with doing that with different stuff. I think. Um, Like, there's other examples of this that's happened. Uh, The band Invasion, uh, Jesse Standhard and a bunch of the Boston dudes, uh, they recorded the music for a 7-inch, but then Jesse just never recorded vocals for it. Um, So there was always jokes like, hey, we're just going to have this dude sing vocals on it, etc. Behind-the-scenes story, that's exactly how a couple of songs for Righteous Jams ended up on the Generations comp was... They had the songs recorded for Invasion, so Joey just grabbed them and threw his vocals on It was like, here they are. There you go. <laughs> that worked. So,
3: so Pat, are yeah, you saying right. you're going
1: to buy the Soul Search record and you do the vocals for it?
2: I don't think any of the California kids want me to do the vocals. But no, it's I, probably not. Yeah,
1: who are we, what are we doing? Are we going to recruit another Cali kid or what?
2: Well, I'm just saying, like... To be frank, I mean, this would have been more this would have been more uh, viable as a fun thing to do during the pandemic. But we can still have fun if somebody will fucking if Rev will sell it to us because mm. uh, uh, this is I don't think this is shade. I know Rev didn't pay that much for it, so uh, if they'd sell it to us, then yeah, with the brand's blessing, we could just grab dudes and like here like grab an engineer. Here's three hundred bucks, please fucking do a good job done and then you don't got to make any money it would just send all the no. money to whoever the band is a fucking charity who gives a shit it's just sure. like i get just i get sure. on a thing yeah, with i love this it where, yeah, I, know. I, I get on a thing with this where it's like yeah lore is definitely cool and it's cool that there's a forgotten record or a, a lost record rather but i think it would be just as cool if like if if that if the singer doesn't have an interest in it and doesn't want to revisit that later Yo, let, d- fucking, let's hear what those tracks would be like with fucking Walter from Running Out, with fucking Colin from fucking Twitching Tongues, it, 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 whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's hear what it would be like. I think that we've talked about this, Bob, uh, uh, often about one of the most interesting things in comics is when uh, the difference in in uh, in in inkers. Yes. Like so, so these classic dudes, their inker. Can, like the pencilers, the, the, the pencilers, everybody, you get the process. The penciler draws the thing, and then an inker comes in and, and goes over it uh, famously in Chasing Amy. The, the, they call him the tracer, but it's really a very nuanced craft.
1: Very, but, very nuanced. Very important.
2: And now we're in a very cheap era where inkers are like a totally dead thing because every, there's not enough money to go around, so everybody inks themselves. And sometimes that's great, and sometimes it's like disastrous. But anyway, the point is, point is that the inker can add all the life to a thing or ruin it. And I think that's a very interesting experiment that like is fun for music too.
1: Let's do it. Um, yo, I will send you the issue. I think it's the first issue of uh, weapon X of the uh, age of apocalypse, mid nineties X-Men crossover. Mm. It's Adam Kubert art with three different inkers. Mm-hmm. It is. It, so it's like one book, 22 pages split up with three different inkers outrageously different. Outrageous. <laughs> so it's fucking incredible. It's like, you would think it's different artists.
2: Yeah, straight up. So stupid. In a single book, so stupid.
1: So stupid. Uh, blacklisted does not get enough love. Yo, please see a large swath of the Axe to Grind catalog. But um, yes, largely agree. Hello out
2: there. Yes, welcome, out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McLean. So please subscribe to No The Brave on your favorite podcasting platform. And we hope to see you further on up the road.
0: Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. every Monday. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think they did for a long time. And then,
3: you know, I mean, I think that's on any band.
2: Yeah. Listen, it's, it's almost month to month with Blacklisted though, which I think is interesting. You know, like you'll see people be like, yo, this era of Blacklisted is sick. People don't talk about it. And then like, that'll get like a hundred likes or whatever. And then fucking, uh, then it'll just be radio silence for a while. But that's what happens when you're not putting out music. You know what I mean? Like, like you know the, the, there's weird eras that people aren't going to be excited about for another 5 years yeah and i don't yeah. mean eras of blacklist i mean eras of hardcore music yep that, oh, of course that people are going to be excited about in 5 years but they're just not into right this second
3: yep yeah i mean dude they put up um some i forget who it was like the name escapes me but someone put up a a treasure trove of chicago shows in the aughts you know and oh, and, yeah. and going forward not there there were two there was one guy that like like fastidiously recorded like every emo show that ever happened at at uh at um the fireside mhm so it's like if you want to see braid on a bowling alley here we go like they have everything like it was crazy like really well shot and stuff but then some other person uploaded all of these videos and one of them was the first suicide file reunion oh okay and it was in Chicago for Jim Grimes' birthday. Yep. Like number one, every band that played that show got a giant reaction. But do yourself a favor and go look at. I'll. I, I, I will. You can find it if you look for it. Yeah. Like blacklisted doing any of the songs from that period. Yeah. Bonkers. Bonkers. Like yeah, they, they sold out sold club. Sure. Like people up the fuck up to the ceiling. Everyone was everywhere, so like like, they—it's not like they suffered in like in you know, and no one ever gave. like for a very long time. They were one of the bigger bands.
1: I think I saw part of that video. The room looks big and very packed. I was explaining this to somebody when uh, "Heavier Than Heaven" came out. We did a—I helped—I booked the Anaheim show because they did a record release weekend where it was Philly, Chicago, and Southern California. So they flew to each show, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. It yeah. was fucking awesome. I mean, it was one of those things that I think was like, yo, why don't we just do this thing? Like, this would be fun, you know? And uh, we made it. I mean, like, yo, they didn't, like, they they got their flights paid for, basically. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Just to be able like, to do it. Like some just just Phil to Collins do shit. it. Have a fucking fun time. Like, they had something to remember. That record, I think it, we talk a lot about the record that suffers because it falls after a classic. The records, like, No One Deserves, and then we talk about the last Blacklist LP is Criminally Overlooked. Heavier Than Heaven is just, like, that's, that's like, a defining record of that time frame. Like, sure. right there, throw it up there with the Have Heart LP, throw it up there with some of the other records of the the mid, you know, the 05 to 2010 range. It's, like, and it's easy to kind of overlook it, but if you throw it on and you haven't heard it in a while, it hits, it right. hits. Yeah. All right, so uh,
3: the, the, let me just uh, give you the yeah, name please. of the YouTube yes. Bluegaville. B L O U G A VIL V I L L E. It literally has, you know, tons of like stuff from like the the killer in Chicago, pretty mm. fucking insane, insane. But like tons of different bands, it's it's a it's a well worth
1: your while to sit down and watch the videos. Mm. Adjacent stuff, but the new Sweet Soul release is a major bop. Yes, it is. We'll, another we'll check it out. Uh, another
3: NMZ production.
1: Mm. How did the Smiths become essentially hardcore canon? That's a good Reck. question.
2: Oh, I'm going to say I'm broken. I, think they were, I think yeah, not
1: off, I, I, not not far, off. not far. But I also think dudes in the '80s fucked with it. I think like it was popular. It was Brit rock that was popular. And I think, weirdly... Yeah. But, I mean, people, you think, like, Porcel was going to see them when they were coming here? Probably not. Yo, yo I maybe think yes. I think, yes. Like, But here's the difference. I don't know of any pictures of Porcel wearing a Morrissey t-shirt or, like, repping a Smith shirt or doing Smith's rip-off stuff. You know what I mean? Um, whereas, I think, you go to California and a lot of those folks were.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, like, the Unbroken Dudes were into it and then, like, then it became a thing for, like... Everybody. I mean, I think you know, like the cure was easier for people to get into cause they had fucking radio songs, but I think the Smiths, I think f- for hardcore, I would say between Stephen Miller and Rob Moran from a broken, those two, like those two dudes I, probably pushed it more than most.
2: I also think it's very squarely in the pocket for hardcore kids because it has, it's highly lyrical, but yeah. in a, it, in an anthemic way that makes sense to like the hardcore brain uh, the music is not, I, I mean this in a complimentary way, it's not challenging in the way that some things are. Like, I mean, you
3: just described American Nightmare.
2: I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is, it? The, the, I think the Smiths is, well, it's not hardcore music. It makes perfect sense to the hardcore brain.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think totally. that same thing with A.N., highly lyrical. Music is well done, but it's not. Mind believe, you know, it's not anything you hadn't heard before, but yeah, that was, combination it, of everything together. Although yeah, Johnny Moore also, is a pretty great guitar player,
2: well, well, like think about it. Like, there's people that love Faith No More, right? And yes,
3: I'm one of them. Be, st-
2: it, step well, lively. The, the, the thing is that you have to like some type of irritation in your music. It's irritating, but The Smiths never, See, I don't think it is. Oh, I, I think I think Faith No More is like deeply irritating music. But I, I'm I'm what I'm saying is. The Smiths goes down easy, but is never forgettable. That's brilliant songwriting. And and I think that it really, I think there's something in it that uh, makes sense to the same person that the best, um, I mean, definitely minor threat, but let's say, let's say the best youth of today songs where I can even appreciate them. You know what I mean? Like where it's just, this goes down easy enough and is so memorable. So that's why I think the Smiths, why they endure for everybody, but particularly for hardcore kids. I'll
1: throw another one out in the, um, you know, Tom, when uh, when a sports team has, say, the Giants, when they had the disciplinarian old man coach who had hard rules, hard punishment, real old school. Bill Parcells. Right, but when they finally fire that guy, do they hire someone who's exactly like him or do they hire someone who's basically the opposite of him? Player-friendly, right? The opposite. Yeah. The Smiths, I think, serve as the counterbalance for a lot of hardcore kids. and it's I It's the opposite of what they're getting. No, it makes sense. Because I think the simplicity, I think everything that's been said so far exactly applies, but you could put the Smiths on in the car with your ma- mom, your aunt, uh, grandpa, grandma, they might have some questions about what he might be saying, but musically no one's like, if you play it quiet enough, yeah, you can play it quiet enough. Nobody's mad. So
3: how much um, do you think uh,
1: counterbalance?
3: Yeah. How much do you think how soon is now quicksand doing how soon is now helped? Didn't hurt.
2: (laughs) I I, I don't, I don't think it matters. I think they were almost late to the game in some way. It's
1: 1995. (laughs) I know. I think, I think, uh, I think, I don't know. I, I think that the Smiths butted up against the the weird punk goth thing enough that it was like floating in the same record stores and like in the sure. same ways that I think hardcore and punk like butted up with new wave and that kind of thing. The Smiths cure a little bit, but Smiths for sure like were this cool weird thing that was like, oh, I can like this, and I'm not, I'm not part of the popular. Crew, but you know these are the people I roll with.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, I, I really dislike nostalgia. I, I, I don't like getting verklempt about shit that I could still find a way to enjoy if I still wanted to. So I, I, I don't like doing it. But I just got genuinely wistful and kind of like sad in that far away way, thinking about discovering new music at a record store.
1: Ugh. Uh, went into a record store this weekend like a weird um, like just like not not a punk record store or anything just a random record store I walked into with Amanda and Easton and uh, like they had a big for for rando record store. They had a decent sized punk hardcore like used se- selection bought a Cyclops 7 and shout out to the shout out to the uh, the, the Cyclops fans. Um and it was so cool. Amanda was like, oh, this is really nice. I haven't been to a record store in a really long time. <laughs> and she, you know, she's not trying to buy yeah. records, but she was just like, she was flipping through just because it was like, oh, I haven't done this in a long time. So yeah, yo, shout out to record stores.
2: Yeah, it's just a, it's a very visual and tactile experience uh, that is fulfilling.
1: So fulfilling. Uh, how many people standing behind the amps on stage are too many?
2: Three. 10. Do you have I've, said, I've, venue, said this, I've said this a number of times and there's some pushback from our audience because not everybody likes gang shit. I don't really like gang shit, but if you've got a gang that's kind of, that's like the only time I want to see a gang is behind the, behind the amps. I think that that's fun. Uh, but in general, like, like not like, like dudes that don't have face tattoos, eh, three,
3: yeah, I mean it depends. Are you talking St. Vitus? Or are you talking, you know, <laughs> big
1: show? Right. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Um, but the, yeah, there is a certain point that's like, all right. Yeah. Do yeah, you I have? Mean. Do you feel any differently if you're a fan in the audience, or if you're performing? Like, do you do you care if there's people, like a bunch of people behind the amps when you're playing?
3: Yeah, I don't really enjoy it. Okay, Patrick. I'm like, you know, not that I'm like, get out there and mosh. <laughs> But it's like, yo, dude, it's fucking crowded up here already, right, right. Especially the places we're not playing fucking MSG, so it's like you have to be back there. You, one idiot takes one wrong step, and the guitar goes out. It's like, yeah, yeah. we got we, we got to hit this all on you know the first time because you know we don't do this very often. So like, one things go, goes awry, and then it all goes awry.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, for myself. Sometimes it feels like a vote of confidence, like when you play a festival and you see that the like the yeah. the musicians that you respect yeah. are like
1: that's yeah the rabble rousers have gathered to watch yeah
2: yeah like like it's cool but that's like, different um, too mm-hmm. yeah it's like uh it, that's a that's a cool vibe uh, when you see somebody that. I don't I don't know if I even look up to anybody but it, when you see somebody that you're like, "Oh, that's that's cool." You know, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. That, yeah. No,
3: I, but, you know, I think that's different. Like if it's someone who's like otherwise would have been like sitting backstage but they're like, "But I'm going to walk out on your hair and see what's going on." That's different. I'm I think more of like you know, Stage my asshole up. friends that are like you know, we're we're you know, we're setting up and then everyone in there and their family not really their family, but I was going to say everyone and their mother. But I don't know if that's appropriate anymore. <laughs> like everyone decides to like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up shop back here. Is that cool? That's different. To be able to look over and be like, oh shit, so and so, you know, like I have a ridiculous story about something like that that I feel like is too name droppy and braggy to talk about. It's not braggy; it just seems name droppy. So I will, I will hold it till after the podcast is over. Sure. <laughs> um, but like that sort of stuff is one thing. But I think like just like your friend from high school who goes to one show a year and it's either me or sick of it all. And he stands behind the amp and like Justin can't get to like his like guitar strings because that I find a little annoying.
2: Yeah. But like when I look side stage, like uh, we played in orange County and I look side stage and it's like one of the dudes from all else failed lives, lives out there. And it was like, it, it like that's a band I really respect and like. So I was like, Oh, that's, that's lit that he's watching. Right. Like, and
1: then there was Elvis Costello stand behind him and yeah, that weird well, flying baby from that cartoon. You like, like they were all longfish showed up. They were was winking crazy. and smiling at you. That was cool.
2: And I should say that my band got a kick out of, uh, Brian McTernan, uh, watching mm-hmm. us at some, at some festival. They, they were all like, Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? That, that sort of shit is, is fun. Um, but, that's if it's just the guy from your high school, he can fuck the right to fuck off, go out there and dance.
3: But that's usually what comes to it's like, oh, and you and it's like we're like, you know, like the we've become like the cool kids from high school. So like we're older, but we still know how to act that we we don't act our age in a sure. in a decent way, in a cool way. Yeah. Like my friends that don't go to things and they show up and they're like, oh shit, you are forty five. <laughs> and you're like, you don't know how to act because you haven't done this in 25 years, right? So,
1: all right, uh, next one. Let's do this. Um, no, no, I, I, it's. I both agree with you guys, but also it's like sometimes well, we get these questions because like it's cool, but like sometimes people will come to me when I've done a show, like yo, there's too many people behind the amps. I'm like. <sighs> Are you in the band playing? Okay. Oh, you're, see if what you're not do. in
2: the band playing, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You tell, yeah I just
1: don't care. Hey, it's like, it's so little energy. Like, I'm like, ugh.
2: Like, yeah, you, you go tell the dude with the name, like, Murder Floyd to fucking get the fuck <laughs> off the stage if it's, if you're not in the band. You know what I mean? Go, 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 go do that. Go, Hey, the guy with his fucking area code tattooed under his lip, uh, go say that to him, please.
3: Right. I, mean, <laughs> I always think about <laughs> Jesus. I think about, like, you know, the half heart shows. Right. Sure. I think of poor Bob <laughs> looking like he was going to commit a massive homicide suicide yeah. because like so I was like, I'm not gonna stand up there because I of course I wanted to stand there. You get to mm-hmm. see everything, you get to see the fucking the wildness of the crowd. It's a great vantage point. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I can't do this to the dude. Because like everyone is everyone's best friend now. And I'm like, I'm just gonna stand back here. Like I felt te- like but some I think most people don't have that um that where it's all to be like maybe you know what maybe i don't need to be up there right now mm, in the way mm, mm. but i've got but yelled
1: like, at by people enough to not
3: yeah how you so like, have you been somewhere you're
1: like get out of the way we're loading up i'm like hey buddy the side to me is more just like yo like if you're in the band you don't want people up there let your let your people know let the promoter know and then when you're playing just let people know just be gentle about it and get them out of there if yeah, you're not like, in the band who's playing, is it impacting your experience? I don't you know. It's it takes. There's so much conversation on. Uh, that said, it's it's a fun conversation. Some sometimes it's been long enough that I'm willing to have it now. <laughs> yeah, um, but at that show, I was like, this this dude's gonna. The, for the most part, the the indoor show was fine. The outdoor show was pretty uh, bad because it was also on like bad. a – well, there was like a couple. A there was stage. Most of the bands were fine. Uh, the, all the stage divers and people stayed off. There was one group that was a little rough, but the, I think it was all just uh, their decision to have people up there, which was good. So um, everybody, everybody yeah, left it happy. So that was good. Um, been revisiting Iron Lung lately. Real good. Also, California is killing it right now. Um, yes. California is killing it right now. They are. Yo, a big Iron Lung fan, tell me the record. Tell me the record you really like because I've checked in on them and liked some stuff, but none of it stuck to my bones. So, somebody who's big on Iron Lung, reach out. Tell us what your Iron Lung record is.
3: Yeah, because I've watched them the live sets and I'm like, this is cool. Like I can oh, probably get, definitely get into this.
1: Yeah, you
3: know. And then it's like, but I don't know where to start.
1: Yeah. So but I've watched so, them
3: like the U- the videos on YouTube and I'm like, this is
1: this is fucking sick. This is I can get into this. Uh California's done the pandemic right in terms of. There's been existing bands creating new stuff. There's been new bands popping up. There's been new bands who started obviously before and have some stuff going on. I just think. Thanks Gavin uh, Newsom. Yeah, yeah. Gavin Newsom has handled the thank pandemic. Exactly. Thank you for right. Gulch.
3: And thank uh, you for drain and God to the
1: 2024 presidential ticket. Newsom Kindlin. Uh, everybody vote in for VP. <laughs> yeah, wish so, um, best dive bombs in hardcore Tui Earth- Walls of Jericho, Venom, uh, Venom and Tears era throwdown. Oh, I was like, <laughs> Venom? Yeah. yeah, I was like, Venom? I don't think they know what a dive bomb is. <sighs> I'm probably gonna go fucking Walls of Jericho. I
3: don't, the Tui have... like. I don't know if they have a lot of that. <sighs> Walls of Jericho definitely has a lot of... <sighs>
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm thinking of their prior band. I think fucking uh, Earth river has di- has dive bombs. I uh, I remember the first time that somebody showed me how to do a dive bomb and all that. I was like, wow, it's weird. Music's really weird, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Earth Crisis is probably the most famous of the hardcore bands to be enamored by them. Wouldn't you think?
1: AF, oh yeah, Cause for Alarm has some good dive bombs. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm going classical on this shit. But all right, um, I'm going to vote against Venom and Tears era Throwdown. Uh, Rise and fall are criminally underrated. That's the statement.
2: Okay. I mean, I don't know. Cer- I cer- certainly, we we prove they have their fans because people enjoyed uh, uh, Bob's uh, expose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for. Um, for a European hardcore band, they got a, lot, a lot I mean, dude, they were bigger than ninety percent of the the U.S. bands, mm-hmm.
1: and well deserved. Um, yeah, They're yo, you know hard. what? I think we got to do is just work on this because I don't think I think this person's energy is right. I think this person should yeah. say, "Rise and Fall" is awesome. Yes, they are. Rise and Fall is a great band, and I don't necessarily hear as many people talking about them as I might like that and that that in your immediate circle might mean criminally underrated which works um and they haven't been a band for almost a decade so um we did those shows on them that was awesome uh that was I, great. Yeah. I think i think if we can get bjorn to stay up late enough to come on which i think he would we should have him on as a regular guest i would love that Um they were all great there was oh, great yeah. storytellers Amazing. and just like yeah amazing so anyways uh very very good band um and if you haven't heard them maybe they are underrated but i i think they did well i think they did well uh this is a two separate questions but they work well together so i'll read them together one how great is the move seven inch then the second question unrelated two is the seven inch dead no i think the group the move
3: seven inch is awesome i like the uh there's a really great energy to it mm-hmm. that I think live, it's going to be even more energetic. I can't wait. I think it's going to be super impressive to see performed live. I love the artwork.
1: Lyrics are cool. I, I'm into it. Anyway, yeah. I, I think I said this a while ago, a lot of TUI in the DNA there. And uh, I, I was surprised at how much I took to it. Um, seven Inch is never going to be dead. I still, I, I think it's rough. If you push, put out a seven inch, and are like if you're doing your record label for the first time and you put out a seven inch that doesn't do well it might ward you off against doing more records (laughs) i'll say that because it's a hard break even but it's always going to be a format it's always going to be something people use to try to get out there i would prefer more economical and resource uh valuing formats but at the same time i'm looking and i have a wall of records and a pile of seven inches on top of my turntable so um it's not dead and the move seven inches is good patrick
2: um i can't speak to the move seven inch i can say that the uh seven inch is in remission
1: true do you want to elaborate on that
2: the seven inches in remission sure, sure. yeah um everybody got the memo that people prefer to listen to 12 inch, uh, records because they're less annoying. And even in the capacity that people, uh, aren't listening to records, they're simply collecting them and listening on, uh, digital, uh, uh, streaming platforms. Uh, they still like larger art. So very true. So seven inches in most respects are not, they're inessential. They're, they're, they're unnecessary where I think they shine is singles where I think they still have a life. Um, or I could see a lot of value if you were like a fast hardcore band and that was your pure intent. Yeah. I think that that would be a great place for seven inches to, to, uh, continue to really, (laughs) really be a thing. Uh, but in most respects, they're just, they're an inferior format that I just have a lot of affection for. So I, I, I hope they're not dead. But there's no debate when you hold like a beautiful looking uh, LP or just like 12 inch EP rather, just 12 inch anything. Um, yep, <laughs> it's, r- it's really really nice. It's a nice experience, and a seven inch is always going to feel more disposable to more mo- most people.
1: All right, uh, this one is thinking also, about. Oh, I'm sorry, Go Bob. Ahead, I should please, say. Please.
2: I should say they also don't make any financial sense, which is key.
1: Yeah, we we talked about that a lot um, for a while. It's they just aren't... They're a hard financial proposition for someone trying to put out records unless you sell them all. And then it's okay. It's a break even. It's fine. Um, There's been kind of a boom during the pandemic where people have been ordering more records, which is cool. Like There's been more disposable income. We didn't get to it on last week's episode, but one of the things I was going to say is like a suggestion is keep up the supportive energy of buying physical media. It's important. I'm not saying that it was going to go extinct. Uh, far from it. it. It wouldn't have. But if you look around, you might see that some records are creeping up in price. Like you might see like an LP you want to buy, and it's like, whoa, that's $30 huh, I thought like a year ago that was like $18 or $15 or whatever the price point was. And now you're seeing stuff that's like, no, it's $30. And the more you at large support the things at the price range that you can, uh, the more they'll stay there. Because what won't happen is that bands won't stop putting out physical media, at least not for the next decade. It'll just get more expensive, and then the market starts to change rapidly to a pure collector market, which maybe that's okay, but but I think it would be radically different very quickly if, uh, if we didn't see this nice little bump that's been happening. Okay. Um, thinking about the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 lineup, it's fucking perfect. Uh, guys, would you like me to read you the uh, upcoming lineup for this... Compilation. Yes, it. I've seen it, but I could use the refresher. Okay, it's available this summer on From Within Records One Scene Unity Volume Two, featuring exclusive tracks from Cruelty, Moment of Truth, Payback, Invoke, Mind Force, Pain of Truth, Point of Contact, Year of the Knife, Dead Heat, Final Right, Scourge, Struck Nerve, Rob Brigade, Burning Strong, Striker, Outnumbered and almighty watching good mix. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, you know, you got like the
3: anchors, like the, the mind forces in the, the year of the knives near mm-hmm. the knives. Um, and there was one other big, bigger band in there. I can't think of dead heat, dead heat. Yes. Um, so, you know, that would bring folks to, to, to the comp regardless. And there's a lot of, um, super solid new bands on there. Um, I've heard some of the Almighty Watching stuff. Mm. It's very good. Mm. It's our friend Kyle Nyland. You mean Kyle from Glory. Kyle from Glory. And Out for Justice. And the artiste for The Colossus Evidence. A lot of
1: of records. Kyle Kyle deserves some big shout-outs. Shout-out to Kyle Nyland. Does a lot of uh, both album art and Merch designs. um yeah, and he if, did the be all end all cover. Mm-hmm. If you're if you somebody who needs it, track him down. Kyle Nyland, dead at birth um, on on social medias. Yeah, but it's yeah it's it, it's cool.
3: And Almighty Watching, it's a Bad Brains thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it, it's a really good name.
3: It's a good name. Yeah, because at first Alex was like, yeah, it, we were like, was it too religious? <laughs> But then no, you are like, you know, if you know Almighty, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you
2: can hear it in your oh, head immediately, it. and yes. just
3: go, you've never oh. heard that in another way. Like I would never. As soon as
1: he said it, I was like, "Oh, bad yes.
3: Yeah,
2: precisely. Yeah, oh,
3: great oh, reference.
1: Uh, best twenty-first century record by hardcore band started in the eighties. Twenty-first century record by band started in the
3: eighties. Wow, by a hardcore band started in the eighties. Fuck. I was going to say Lifetime, but they just missed the cut. Yes. Yes. Just miss. Yep. Hardcore band in the 80s.
1: <sighs> it's try. I, mean,
3: I, I might go that last Descendants record.
1: Okay.
3: Are we consider them hardcore enough? Sure. Fuck. Yes. Um. Um,
1: Dude, All right, so that's pretty yeah. fucking tough, man. January 1st, 2001. A, okay. Um, man, that's a tough one. Oh, Patrick, yours is the Amoebics record.
2: Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Easily. Good point. Yeah,
1: it is. Um, that's the record that
2: got him canceled. What's that?
1: Was that the record that got him taken? No, 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 that no. That no. It's his after that.
2: Yeah, Tau Cross. Uh, yeah, that's the Tau, Tau Cross, cross okay. record.
1: Right. um let's see the other one that i can think of by the way we did uh an episode when we did our hardcore questions about the 90s we talked about bands from the 90s who maybe have the longest tail somehow and i want to thank the person who hit us on instagram about oh it was josh card our homie josh card hit us oh yes uh he's like um maybe maybe hate breed maybe maybe hate breed has the longest yes. tail and it was like oh yes. yes yeah that's it that's yes the answer. <laughs> you, you you are correct um, all right, uh, since this one sneaks in on that end, Fugazi, The Argument. Again, I can pull this one. Uh, started in 87, so... Or 80, yeah, 87. Um, though I, I like the Amoebics answer, too. Neurosis might have a couple that slide in. They start in the 80s. That's uh, true. Tough question. Um, but here's one that kind of harkens back to, pa- to Tom's answer. Any band whose comeback record, post-breakup, long hiatus, is their best one?
3: um I'm i mean joking. i love everything sucks yeah and that might be my favorite beginning to end descendants record oh, like from know. there's nothing i would skip on it yeah and even their best have the song or two i go yeah, so you'll, you'll, it
1: you'll take that it, it's not for me um and to be honest like uh, some of its weird production stuff i just his vocals ride a little bit higher on that record much it's like all the here. the all records you know and it's it's purely yeah. like hey it's the 90s what do you want from us um
3: hmm or a long some hiatus some of those 2002 old, all records but i don't know if they were around and
1: oh well, no they were around yeah this 80s. is and this is just they they kind of steady we can do long hiatus too um comeback record or after a long hiatus it's tough uh to, to, to into another record was good yeah, that was a really good record. It's not
3: their best. Not their record. best. No. no, I don't think anyone's come back and put out their best put out record. Their best. That's tough, man.
1: Yeah, I mean,
3: the Lifetime Records, great. It's Lifetime doesn't Records
1: beat, really, really, really good, but doesn't beat either the Church's best, Church's best, Dance best dancers or, yeah. or um, Hello Bastards. Yeah. You know, it's a tough question. I'm thinking. I'm trying to go back to like, uh, none of the classic punk bands really did it. I haven't seen a first wave hardcore band do it and do it well. No. You know what what I mean, it's it's same name. Mm-hmm. Well, no. What were you thinking? The
3: second blood clot record.
1: Oh, okay.
3: So the first blood clot record was like full on like near new metal? Yeah. But then he did that second record with that like was way better, right? Joey Castillo and Todd You, and it was like a fucking, it's a gr- like a really really good fast like a fucking hardcore punk record. Yeah, and they were around the
1: eighties. Same name, you're right. Uh, I yeah, think, I mean they were totally different bands every yeah. time. But um, uh, the, 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 the Dinosaur Junior not a hardcore band, and their best record wasn't this. But when they came back in the you know mid aughts, late aughts, yeah. Beyond um, is a great record. Beyond's a great record. Farm is a great record. They they they're really good records um, that fit right in their canon. But to actually surpass, and it's tough because you go, are are we judging by their only by their classic? Like, all right, you guys are you guys are. Um, what's the sick of it all record from the mid nineties? Scratch surface. Scratch surface. Not better than blood sweat, right?
2: Okay, listen. And there was no it long is.
1: hiatus, so so oh, this is a good this is a good conversation. I think I'm hearing from you guys.
2: So, scratch the surface has higher highs than almost the rest of their catalog put together. It also has a couple fucking duds on it. Um, I go all over the place with my ranking. I used to rank it number one, and then we listened to everything i want to say (laughs) did we do that as a did we do that on purpose or did i just do that one one weekend i don't remember
3: i think that one weekend that was you yeah that
1: was you
2: so i listened to everything and i don't think that i necessarily put scratch the surface there anymore because the corny moments look before scratch the surface sick of it all was never corny I, i maybe someone would disagree tom as a as a near expert how how would you feel
3: Oh, definitely not corny before that,
2: but that we can say is the tipping point, right?
3: I would say built to last. I feel okay. like I feel like scratch the surface was still hard.
2: It is. I mean, listen, scratch the surface is a to me. It's an all time record. It's fucking great. But I think there might be a couple things where you it, it maybe you cringe today. You know, maybe you cringe, and since that time, every record has had a sprinkle of cringe is that fair oh, to
3: say? yeah yes
2: so i i've gone kind of i've flipped on scratch the surface where and i've also heard it too much i listened to it all the time when i was a kid so like i think i actually i know i know we've said that just look around is not the record that some of these other records is but i enjoy it more because it's the one that i haven't heard all the a time lot. and it's not corny at all you know what i mean so I've gone all over the place. I, I don't know where I stand today, but it's a superior record than 99% of music released at the same time. So for whatever that's worth,
3: you know, another band, well, a comeback record, not mm, fuck.
1: It's tough. I think we're uniformly yeah. saying it's, we, we aren't finding one, but there that are comeback what? record. is pretty great. Yeah. Oh yeah. They did. Yeah. That was really good. Like wrote. Yeah. yeah um man I, was, I had one in my head that i was like i think somebody might make an argument for this but then i lost it no, i'm sorry uh no 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 i i lost it on my own <laughs> i'm trying to think it's a it's a fantastic question um why is that though like why do you think that is do you think it's do you think they're losing the magic do you think there's something lost in the original formula or or like is it something else
3: I mean, I think if if you've gotten to the point that you're doing a return record, you might have put out something really great that people want you to return on. Yeah, that's, a fact. that's true. There we go. So it kind of narrows down. There's bands that put out like one record that no one gave a fuck about. Yep. Their reunion, their return record, no one gives a shit about either. But it's like if you're making a return record that people are actually looking forward to,
1: that means you have minimally one classic in your back pocket. Right. And I sure. remembered the one I was going to reference. Uh, there are people... Who will say that Infest No Man's Slave is as good as their first the Slave um LP. Uh and No Man's Slave came out in two thousand two and I believe No Man's I believe Slave came out in eighty nine or eighty eight. So that's wow, uh, right. that's a long that's a long layoff. But it's yeah, not yeah. to me, it's not better. It's not better than Slave. Slave came out in eighty, And it wasn't written um, in the two thousands either, right? It was written like '95.
3: <laughs> Waiting for from what I understand,
1: it, it was re- yeah, it re- was recorded in '95, and then they put the vocals on it in 2000 when uh, wow. dude got out from um, school when he graduated. School. Correct, yes. Long tenure, um, yeah. Yo, so so I mean, five-year plan. Patrick, you've been in some long-term pay- bands. Um, what's the longest period that Self Defense has gone without releasing new music?
2: Um, we released records records over the summer. Isn't that true? So probably be, um, I don't know. I, I, All right, I don't let know. Let me pull up your been, discogs
1: and pull this up.
2: Has there been more than a year and a half? You so, know what? I mean, now. No, didn't we put out music over the summer?
1: Oh, you did singles, right? Yep. Um, you've done, so, so since, so full length, you did 2013, 15, Eighteen, but there's some twelve-inch singles in there, and, and records that certainly have like significant amount of music. And going back beyond that, I think it was like 2010, 2006, you know. Um, but you were always kind of putting together music. Uh, was there any time where you felt like, "Whoa," the time frame between recording? and Tom, I'm going to ask you this next, the time frame between recording was such that we've been out of touch or there's been a shift in the band?
2: A shift in the what?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I got the question. Okay. Sorry.
2: Oh, Oh, wait. uh, uh, So so
1: connect this uh, to uh, comeback or long hiatus records. Has there ever been a time in your career as musicians doing bands whatever where the time between releases or recordings was long enough that you felt like there was a shift either tangibly in the band maybe there were changes that made that impacted the sound or just something had changed yeah i mean i think for me from indecision mpb right well and i was going to use that as an example where i think like you you kind of noted like hey there is a change You know what I mean? Same people. Yeah. Same people writing and everything,
3: but like we just all individually got better at what we were doing. Right.
2: Tom, you you got better and you became your, you became actual effective editors because that first MPB record has zero. We went through it. Actually. You said that there might be two songs, two songs you'd call fat. I would say it's a very lean record. There's no fucking, there's not very much fat on it. And I mean, that's always good. And with, with that in mind, those the, the indecision records did not they don't have that going for them you know so i think that i think that you guys became players but you also like maybe became more self-critical or were like oh hey we're a serious band now we we got to look at these as records you know
3: yeah you know i don't know about i think back end i think we we're just kind of like psyched to be
1: back together mm-hmm. and we just like wrote some shit well i mean, don't know if we ever i mean, it it's still it had it like it felt like new new project energy despite the same players and then you kind of realize like it's it was not well i mean i guess here's a here's a way to look at it do you look at most precious blood almost as a reunion of indecision yeah yeah i mean i think we wanted to maybe you have an example then nothing in vain might be an example to some people true yeah we took the pressure off by not using the name yep. it was an it
3: was it uh, you know it was part of our canon anyway mm-hmm. and I just think the the band was different the second time around like right. it was there was more it was more equal than it was the first time
1: right and so they're like there me coming back right.
3: with a different thing yeah. before it was just like hey all our friends from high school in a band together then yeah. they be like oh shit they got back with the old guy mm-hmm Although I mean, older I was only twenty
1: four at the time, but you know, <laughs> age is relative. Holy shit, yeah. um, yo! I mean, that's then. Then I think that's an interesting example. You know what I mean? Because we just cited like same players, but like there was a change too. It wasn't like it wasn't like oh hey, same same everything. Like you guys got better. Some time had passed, pulling from different wells. I, like, right? You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like force feeding Justin his hero's gone. Well, and and you think about it, yeah. Like maybe that's something to talk about with these comeback records, is that it's almost like you should embrace the stuff that has changed in that interim, as opposed to struggle to try to cling to what was before. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to right. be a a beautiful medium in between, like cosplaying as yourself five years ago and totally totally disconnecting from that, right? Yeah, absolutely,
3: Patrick. I mean, you, gotta, you know,
1: the 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 pendulum has swung to you. Do you have any notes of that? You you also were in a band who changed your name, and things kind of changed musically. Do you feel that?
2: I mean, I would I would change both band names tomorrow. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The, I, <laughs> the, the, I don't. I'm not married to this sort of. It's shit. It's not about the, the uh... name,
1: right? It's about, but it's about the energy around it.
2: Yeah, and you know it's it's a funny thing with names because they're they're in so many respects they're your equity right like they're what you're banking on in the future we've seen plenty of bands that have essentially done the failure version of what indecision most precious blood did right so like, hundreds of times it, hundreds of times and uh so kudos to the indecision dudes for taking the risk on that but the the we, we've it. seen that fail a lot um so, they are your name is your equity, but at the same time, I'm just like an obstinate dickhead that thinks that that's it's worth taking a chance. If you just, I mean, uh, I'll put it like this not to be like dismissive of my own body of work, which I respect my body of work and I like it a lot, but who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's fine. Who gives a but, fuck? I mean, do you
3: think the bands change? I think what Bobby's saying, like, yes. I mean, self defense is like a weird thing because you kind of had like the, The like end of year self defense family as a name. So, like, it was a strange kind of transition. But do you think, like, did the vibe change with the name change? Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, I felt, I I think
3: it did. It got less hardcore, right?
2: Yes, for sure.
3: Got weirder, Um, let you do more stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, I also thought that it signaled uh, that we were willing to do whatever we wanted. Now, granted, nobody's here's a fun fact for everybody at home. (laughs) And particularly for like, when I talk to like a 25 year old dude, who's like agonizing over some musical decision. Yeah. Nobody cares as much as you do. Correct. You know what I mean? Nobody on earth. So like, you can be like, I can say all sorts of shit. Like, well, I thought it signified our, our willingness to do anything we wanted and uh, experiment and blah, blah. And like, nobody cares. Like nobody cares that you have this grand ambition in your head. All they know is what's on the fucking record. So either they like the record or they don't like the record, but all your grandiose fucking plans of like, well, I'm, you know, it it's, it's deconstructionalist. And, but this blah, means
1: th- as we move forward now means, yeah, this is who we're going to be No,
2: Yeah. Listen, Bob Bob's run labels. He knows full well. The only thing that fucking matters. If you have some mythos, that's cool. You got some lore. That's cool. Whatever. But at the end of the day, people got to like your records first and foremost. And, all the weird like overthinking that that you do when you're a kid is fucking stupid. So uh I can get all heavy on the name change, but ultimately uh, Tom just drilled it down. We just stopped playing music that was nearly as hardcore and it became slow.
3: So the name change was allowed allowed you to do that, right? E- yeah, easier? But,
2: yes, but I would also say Tom that if if that is the case it was all in my head because it's not like we had such an equity in our name that we couldn't change if we wanted to, you know?
1: No, there wasn't there wasn't the equity. I mean, because there's other things that happen, right? Like like you see certain like like for for indecision MPB. Tom, your interests grow and change in that interim time. Change Maybe the wrong word, but your interest grow, expand your experience in the world changes. You've had some time away. You reflect on what you did, think about it, etc. Same thing for the other people in the band. They had experience with this other person, what they liked, what they didn't like, what they loved about doing the band with you, what your strengths were. Everything starts to play in there. Same thing happens to anybody. I mean to to go of what you were saying about this stuff mattering or not mattering. This is fun, Convo. Everybody likes this. Like comeback hiatus records. Like yeah, I actually I think there is a sonic difference between some of the the end of year and self defense material, but you they overlap and kind of line up in weird ways too. So you know there can be arguments made every which way. I talked to. Two, I, mean, I think. Go ahead, please. I'm sorry. No, uh, no i had some other thought about like comeback stuff yeah no i i, I speaking about the the matter of any of this I, I talked to a couple younger bands about doing a split record or should we do a split or is it cool if we do a split or what does it matter and i was like well how honest do you want me to be what do you want me to say here they're like well no be be all the way honest i was like no it literally doesn't matter it literally doesn't matter like, this is no, unless you're doing a done, split
3: with a band that's so much bigger, that's going to this. This is just like
1: it was like a, a an idea born out of something kind of unrelated, and they were like, eh, eh, they were lukewarm on it. And I'm like, then don't do it. And they're like, well, do you think? And I'm like, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter, it doesn't oh, matter. Sure. Yeah. and they're like okay and like they lack because they got it they got the idea and it's like not something i was involved with it was just kind of like a random reach out and i was like yo I'll, I'll give you my opinion please don't be offended <laughs> i don't want to offend you i'm not saying this no to of offend course you. not yeah it's yeah. like if you don't want to do the thing don't do the thing it's not going to break it's not going to break you one way or the other it's it, you know no so you were going to say well, I mean, even just like you know, bands coming back and stuff like that.
3: Pa- you know, Justin and I have this conversation because it's like, you know, he's he's the the jilted ex that's like. So this is the Colossus stuff, uh, you know. Now he wants to write in decision songs again. Ooh. You know, so he's been in like the basement with the drummer and all sort of stuff, and he's like, it's been in the What do of I the do the pad? Yeah, like, but I haven't been priv- I haven't been there yet, which kind of weirds me out. But like, and he was like, well, what do I do? Like, what do you mean, what do you do? And he's like. Do we? I mean, do we like? Do we want to sound like what's going on now?
1: Do we want to sound like ourselves? Like what the what the fuck do I do? (laughs) And I go, no, I mean, but he makes a good point. No, no, yo, those are those are conversations you you should be having with your friends and bands,
3: right? So it's kind of like, you know, could we come out and write a fucking tune down record, you know, that sounds like knocks loose and people be like, look at these guys still with their finger on the pulse, sure. Mm. Or do we want to like, you know. Plumb the you know all the stuff that we did before, but it's like, what are you going to listen to your fucking four records over and over again until you come up with ideas that sound right. similar enough that people right. go, cool, yep.
2: yep, right? So here, so Tom, here's the problem: is that Justin was borrowing from stuff, contemporary stuff that he liked, and that's he did a great job of reinterpolating. <laughs> oh, you know no, it's
3: you true,
2: and and that's part of what made you guys really good was that he was not riff stealing. He was cherry picking and going, Hey, I think I can do this part better. And then on very, on more than one occasion he did. So if you try that now, that's an interesting approach because I don't know what he's listening to now. You know, if he's listening it's to
3: like to, whatever they play on, like liquid metal.
2: I was gonna say, if he's listening to Billy Joel, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> yeah, in it, the it, middle of the night. <laughs> if,
3: I mean, like, if, I made it like a playlist of like hardcore. I told you I just Remember, yeah, I was yeah. like, he's like, maybe a playlist. I was like, all right, cool. I'm like, how far back can I go and before I um and you know before I insult you? And he goes, I don't know, 2001. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah, what is wrong with you? Like he had no, you know what I mean?
2: Also, to at that point, I'd be like, you were a touring musician at that time.
3: Yeah. I and mean,
2: how do you not know anything? thing?
1: I don't know. I mean, yo, think they, of it. been mean, a lot of sick of it all tours. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but the I mean, I think it's that's a tough thing right? too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's a tough thing. I mean, think about like what was fucking Yemen and fucking Ari thinking about writing that record.
1: Yo, you I, know mean, what I mean, right, it's because of, yeah. it, it's funny because I think it's a good example. I think they wanted to stay – you want to stay true to who you are and your identity and all that, but more so you want to be stay true to your energy and spirit of it, and that – if you're a creative person, that's literally definitely not rewriting the record you wrote 15 years ago. Right, and I think you know, the, the the Reunion Lifetime record is probably poppier. No no question it is. Not as popier, hardcore as the other stuff. Shorter songs. I mean, I, I did a big breakdown on this. Shorter songs, they moved further away. Like, if you listen to Hello Bastards and even some of Jersey's Best Dancers, there's still remnants of, like, 90s mid-tempo hardcore on those records. Oh, absolutely. yeah. And that's non-existent on their 2000s. It's moshmarked on those records that doesn't exist on no radio. right that's non-existent on the 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 self-titled record so but now is that
3: them listening to fucking fall out boy and saves the day to kind of be like all right well these dudes took from us so like let's like kind of get that i like get
1: that juices get those juices flowing i don't think it is i don't think it is but i think it's them extrapolating like what is the stuff we like what what was our aim of the band like i would almost say it's more like yeeman looking at the trajectory of his band like like sonically the kid dynamite records take the vocals off both records the kid dynamite record like listen to the second kid dynamite lp and the lifetime self-titled you could really find some parallels short songs that occasionally go for uh, like uh, some tempo shifts but pretty pretty brisk kid dynamite is way faster than lifetime ever got but Lifetime's fastest material is certainly that self-titled record. So I think I think it was kind of paring down and stripping out and going, all right, what were the things that we wanted to be about? And what were they at their most, like, root element? And where do we go with that? What does that mean to us today? And, like, I'm sure, like, Ari is this musical, like, he, as a dude who I went to his record store, like, he was a dude with broad musical taste and, could talk to you all about 60s pop and like different types of stuff that had all these pop elements so i'm sure there was some like interesting intertwining of ideas and that's that's what i think is cool like with indecision it's like yo what what is our music about what were we about as people and what could we do sonically that would both feel alive and fresh without feeling like we're being something that we're not you know what i mean like it's tough shoot it's a it's a big ask i think that's why there was one <laughs> lifetime reunion record and not like hey let's let's just keep here we go it's like whoa we did that that was right. cool all right i mean at a big level knocked it out of the goddamn park yep yep you know it ain't easy it ain't, it ain't easy. easy all right yo uh, that was all the questions we got but we have a bunch of more questions in our mailbox we're, we'll get to them But uh, shout out to everybody. Um,
2: Yes. Thank you, everyone. Peace.